Hello and welcome to this episode of the Coaching Podcast from British Canoeing Awarding Body. Hello and welcome everybody to the British Canoeing Awarding Body podcast. Uh, this is all based around coaching and I'm absolutely delighted uh, this evening, it is this evening, uh, that when we're recording this, um, Scott Hines to the to the seat and tonight what we're going to be talking about is Portagen and specifically around the racing community so so welcome Scott evening yes evening, Good evening. Um, and, yeah um Scott I, I appreciate that you're really busy and uh, you've raced back from work and and to get here so really appreciate your time I think before we delve into Portagin and you know start to look at that in in, in particular detail, um, would you mind giving the listeners a, a bit of a background about who you are and the exciting news that the, the new role you're going to be starting soon? Yeah, I'd love to. So um, I, I've just been appointed as the coach developer for the Talent Club partnership for Sprint and Para which um, is something I've been working towards for quite a few years um, and it's finally come off. So I am genuinely looking forward to that and working with some very interesting people. Um, and as myself, I'm an old racer. So <laughs> old racer turned coach. So um, yeah, it, it's exciting to be on the other side of the fence and being able to give back. And in terms of racing highlights? So, well, yeah, my background, um, I started canoeing at age 13 and literally it was my mum signing us up to summer camps to get us out of the house. Um, and it just happened purely by chance that I joined at the time one of the best canoe clubs in the world. Um, in fact, my first session, my first come and try it was run by Ivan Lawler, who may have done a few things after that. So, um Oh, yeah, I was, I was massively lucky um, and as a junior raced internationally, both sprint and marathon um, and then did that as a senior as well. Luckily enough, I caught a few medals along the way and um, I think I stopped competing at 35, which is uh, <laughs> quite some time really. Um, but yeah, I, I had a great time. I, I was genuinely lucky to be training with some of the best athletes in the world at the time. And um, we were at the top of the tree, the British marathon scene at the time. So very, very lucky. And it was great. I loved it, um, which is how I ended up getting into coaching. So um, the system we were in, everybody helped everybody, not always, <laughs> not always helpfully, if you see what I mean. You know, they, they taught you lessons, let's put it that way. Um, so people gave you advice, gave you guidance, told you what you'd done wrong, told you what you'd done wrong, told you what you'd done wrong. And, um, so as I got faster and faster, I did the same to the up and coming. And then you end up working with people, um, doing less and less training and more and more coaching and, and you walk across to the coach developing. Um, and I was, I was also in my professional life, I was in education for nearly 20 years, um, teaching secondary, so 11 to 18. But I also got to mentor lots of teachers through their training years 
and then lots of middle leaders to become deputy heads and assistant heads and such like. So this is kind of my passion and my work all rolled into one. Yeah, great background there, Scott. And um, what we hope to be able to do uh, during you know, during this podcast is to you know, hopefully create, um, delve into that knowledge bank that you've got uh, over so many years as an athlete and, and as a coach and a coach developer now. Um, and we're going to specifically talk around Portagen. And I know some people might be listening in terms of Portagen, but this is very much based around the racing community because there's lots of Portagen that goes on within paddle sport. So specifically around uh, the racing community and Portagen. And why, why is Portagen so important, Scott? So Portaging has become more and more important as the style of racing's changed. So we have in, within the marathon now, it used to be A to B races. So you'd start at one place, three portages over 26 miles, finish somewhere else. And now it's um, round and round racing. So it's done in laps. Um, so say seven laps um, and you're going to have five portages within that, sometimes six, you know, it varies. So portaging is integral and with much shorter laps, you've got less time to catch up if you make mistakes. So um, you can definitely lose races from portaging um, and, and more people lose the group and therefore lose races from bad portages than they catch up groups from good portages. So um, it is hugely important and it's, it's an easy win. Um, and a big loss <laughs> so if you do them well you can stay with the group for a lot less effort if you do them badly you're going to have to do a lot of work afterwards and that takes its toll and then of course you're more tired the next time you get to the portage so things magnify so massively important part of racing now and hugely tactical as well as physical yeah and you know probably you know the the most world famous um you know Paddle, paddle race in the world the visors to westminster how many portages has that corn got well i always think it's 90 but i'm sure it's not but it just feels like that um <laughs> and, and to be fair some of them you run two or three at a time um unless you're me and, and waddle so um i always used to try and get back in and paddle the short ones um <laughs> but, but yeah i mean if you make up a minute on a portage, which sounds a ridiculous amount of time, but if you think it's 30 seconds either end and the bit in the middle, you know, um, it's quite easy to make up a huge amount of time or more importantly, lose a huge amount of time. And yeah, there are plenty of runners in the world. I mean, the course record used to be, um, the army used to have the course record because they ran most of the race. They weren't great paddlers, sorry, army guys, but they were very good runners. Um, so they just ran most of the course until you got onto the river and everyone's tired and goes at the same speed. So um, yeah, it, it's hugely important to, yeah. to make up that time. So what would you say your five top tips are for Portagen? So this was, uh, for me, was quite hard to narrow it down to five um, without being flippant and without um, ignoring some of the main points. But number one, and this isn't flippant, stay above the water. You're faster above it than you are in it. 
and you see so many people trying to be fast trying to hurry um and end up in the water or they get in their boat and then they fall in or they run into the water and it's deeper than they thought and they disappear so yeah you're stay above the water stay calm don't rush be methodical um it doesn't mean be slow but it does mean you know make sure you're safe make sure you're above the water because emptying the boat out getting back in is going to cost you time the group's gone and you can't catch them up so if you're above the water it's always faster that's tip number one cool. um number two look after the rudder if you've got no steering you can't keep up with the group you can't lead the group so look after the rudder after the rudder then look after the boat so don't drag it over the edges you see a lot of people get out especially on concrete edges they lift the boat and they drag it over scraping it along um, or throw their paddles away you know they spend 300 pounds on a pair of paddles get to the edge launch the paddles across the towpath get out and then have to retrieve their paddles and then lastly look after yourself um hands too many people you watch them and they grab for the edges and then scrape their hands along the edge and then obviously when they get to the other end they can't hold on to their paddles properly or they got gravel in their hands and such like that so yeah that one look after the rudder look after the boat look after the paddles um, and then they will look after you so be careful number three and i am guilty of this so don't run so hard that you can't paddle afterwards <laughs> which sounds obvious but it's very tempting and when the red mist comes down or when you're at the back of the group and you see them running away is to chase them flat out get to the other end jump in push away from the edge go to paddle and your legs have turned to jelly your heart rate's at 220 a minute and the group just paddles away from you so you've got to know your limits um, and know what you can and can't do um, speaking from someone who lost an international medal by running too hard <laughs> definitely don't run too hard especially if it's longer than you expect mm. uh, number four empty out before running if you haven't got a pump um, you see people carry their boats through a portage filled with water they get to the other end and they empty it out you've carried all that water all the way through the portage so empty your boat out before you run and if you when you get better and when you get bigger and stronger you can empty the boat out as you run but when you're younger when you've got heavier boats when you're not as strong get out empty the boat out then run with it uh, you're less likely to damage it you're less likely to bang it the water's less likely to run down to one end or the other so empty it out before you run with that obviously you don't want to fill the boat up when you get out or when you get in so don't jump in on the deep side of the water if it's a beach portage we were at the nationals the short course and the amount of people that ran into the water onto the deep side of the boat jumped into the boat and sat on the rudder got out again got in again so yeah empty the boat out don't fill it up and then my last one which we're kind of flying through these but is practice practice and yet more practice you never want to do something in a race that you've never done before so just because you've seen the world champion run along the water drop his boat in and jump into it as it's moving and paddle away you think 
I'm going to give that a go. Right? Give it a go at the club. Give it a go in a small race, but don't give it a go at the national championships or an assessment race or DW. You know, just practice it at the right and appropriate times. And they would be my top five tips to start with. There's a lot more. There's so much more, but they're the they're the must-dos, I think. You know, what's quite interesting, Scott, is you know, you just break them down as it is. They're they're quite they're quite separate, you know, skill sets, aren't they? You know, you talk you know, you you know, when you talked about emptying the boat, that is a skill set in itself. And you know, you you then talked about, you know, when you get you know, when you get a lighter boat and you become stronger. You can empty it as you run, and I mean that—that that, yet again, it must be a technique. Yes, I mean the irony being when you're when you're small and young and you're starting, you often have a heavy boat because you're going to bash it, you're going to ding it, so you know you don't start off with a super lightweight boat. So when it's the hardest for you to portage, i.e., when you're young, small, not very strong. And you're not used to it it's also when you've got the heaviest boat <laughs> and usually club boats leak as well so <laughs> you come to the portage and it's filled with water so um yeah as you say lifting the boat up onto your shoulder or running along with it beside you that those are all skills that are varied um and different people do it different ways um so you'll you'll notice I have to be careful how I word this. Some people run with their arm down straight, which is the correct way of doing it, in my opinion, because it uses less muscles. And then other people will run with a bent arm using their bicep carrying their boat. Um, it lifts the boat higher, but also you've got to carry it. Now, it's easier to do that with an eight kilo boat, but it's definitely not easy to do with a 12 kilo boat when you're a young paddler for the first time so you know all these little tricks and you have to remember when they're watching the world championships or when they're watching the top seniors in this country those people have the lightest kit and they're the strongest athletes so copying what they do is great if you were the same as them <laughs> but you're not the same as them yet so yeah. you know you have to learn your craft slowly carefully as you go along what I was interested as well, Scott, when you were talking about, you know, your your top five, you know, your top five um, is, you know, you talked about, you know, don't get in on the deep side, you know, of the beach, etc. So, uh, you know, almost a race plan is really important as well, isn't it? Yeah. So what usually happens when we come to a portage is, is you're under pressure, whether it's from other races or emotional pressure from yourself and people's plans go out of their head um, so they might have a plan i'm going to get out here and i'm going to run to there and unfortunately when you get there that changes because either someone else is in those places or you're on the wrong side of the group um, so you have to be fluid in your thinking and the best portages are the best portages because either they've got the capacity to think um, or they've got more experience of doing various different things so you can't have one set plan it has to be reasonably fluid because you have to deal with what's been given to you 
but there are some basics as you say you know you don't jump into the water when you don't know how deep it is <laughs> mm. <laughs> that sounds obvious but a lot of people will disappear off the end of a pontoon because they carry on running or they jump into the water off a beach portage and disappear um, and it's great for spectators but it's not so nice if you're the racer who's done it and we will all have done it at some point um, so you know and it's going to happen to everybody that's the other thing you have to expect that you are going to fall in at a portage at some point in your life and and if nobody's prepared you for that they really should have done because you are going to get it wrong mm. at some point so yeah have a game plan be prepared for that game plan to change have some fundamentals that you must do i.e don't leave your paddles at the end when you've run through the portage <laughs> don't don't sit on the rudder you know all those mm. sorts of simple things that people forget in a panic yeah and you know from a coaching perspective then is you know how would a coach you know start to consider how to integrate um portaging skills and portaging practice into their coaching plan so it's really interesting this one this question because it varies from club to club due to their location so some clubs will have to portage in their sessions naturally um, because of you know they may only have a 500 meter stretch and they have to portage to get to the next stretch of water so those clubs will portage every day naturally um and other clubs some of the big river clubs wide open rivers you know they never have to portage because they've got three four miles of open water that they can paddle on so what all of us have to do is carry the boat from the club or your car to the water's edge so you can integrate portage practice every time you get on the water if you actually make it highlight it as practice so for me, one of the things a lot of people don't do is get on the water different directions each time. Mm -hmm. So a lot of river clubs will only ever get on facing upstream because that's the best way to get on. But in the summer when there's no flow, there's nothing to stop you getting on facing downstream. Or some clubs will only get on facing one way because there's a weir behind them, so they have to paddle off. Um, you'll be surprised how many good paddlers can only get out on one side <laughs> so, or they have a favorite side because they've learned to flatten out on one side and get out on the landing stage on the left or the landing stage on the right and also different heights um if you've got a floating landing stage at your club it's constantly at the same height so when you come to a high portage or a low portage you struggle so you need to find ways of getting people to experience not only getting in the wrong way around, flattening out on the, I'm going to call it inverted commas, wrong side, getting out at different heights. Um, and you can integrate that every day. Um, you can make people do that every day, getting in on the wrong side, getting out on the wrong side. Um, so that it becomes the norm so that you're not always a, a lefty getting out on the left i can always portage on the left but i can't portage on the right when you come to your first race all the portages will be on the right you know so that, that's the way the world works so yeah you need to experience those and 
as a coach, you can you can also get the kids carrying their boats down from an early stage, or if they're not kids, you know, and they're adult paddlers, get them carrying the boats down without help, so that they're used to the weight of the boat, the way it moves, the way the wind blows it around, the way that it can hold it with one hand and the paddles and, and so on. So yeah, I think you can integrate, even in limited circumstances, that aspect of portaging. Um, but other ways to do it, um, get people to racing mixed crew boats. So they paddle with a more experienced paddler, um, see how they portage, work with them. K2ing is definitely a different technique and definitely um, different responsibilities, but seeing how a more experienced person manages the situation, you can learn a lot from that because a lot of it is situation management, keeping calm, making sure your other person is okay, that they've got the boat, that you don't start running off while they're still in the water or pushing away while they haven't got in the boat. So um, with someone who's a lot more experienced, it's, it's shortcutting the learning process. Um, and then um, I think if you can't practice at your club, the most Hasler races at the weekends will have portages. Um, and you'll be surprised how many people avoid certain races because they have lots of portages. And the answer is go to those races. Um, you know, the water sides in the winter, um, if you can get to them, they have loads of portages. First one is 18 miles, so I think with 13 portages. So, you know, you're in and out, in and out, in and out, and they're left and right, ups and downs, downhills, uphills, brilliant for learning. Um, but there are water series, uh, water winter series at various different clubs that have portages. So, yeah, don't avoid them and treat them as a learning experience. So the race is just the vehicle to learn the portaging. So, you know, the race outcome isn't necessarily the most important thing. Having two or three good portages might be. If that makes sense, does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely, Scott. You know, I think that's a, a really good, a really good example is that it's not it's not the result. You know, of entering a race, the the main interest is not the result, but it is the focus is on the portion or the practice of the portion. Yeah, because uh, a lot of people will never have done. Um, you know, more than one portage in a race. And if you mess the first one up, you spend a long time on your own. So, um, you know, you, you learn very quickly, not necessarily the easy way, but you, you do learn. And we, are, we do portage practice in the summer because it's a safe time to fall in. So mm. you, you don't necessarily want to be learning a new skill in the winter, which is going to tip you in. So in the summer, when everybody's happy to jump in the river anyway, that's the time to practice standing up as you come into a beach portage. Because if you get it wrong, you fall in and you're already by the edge anyway. So you just walk to the edge, empty out, start again and start slowly and build up and build up and build up. So it was skill acquisition, isn't it? You know, practice slowly. Then then once you've mastered that, do it under pressure, come in with a group of people and then do it faster under a group of people. So you're constantly building up the skills, and reinforcing them. 
and putting you under emotional stress because I think you'll find most paddlers can portage quite nicely on their own. It's when they're in a group. What you're describing there is is, is a, you know, a great great examples of a constraints constraints led approach, isn't it? That you are as the coach, you are manufacturing lots of different ways or removing things that that enables them to practice. Um, and that is that really needs to be considered, doesn't it? It just doesn't happen by accident. The coach really needs to understand the complexities and the, the demands of portaging for them to be able to then put the constraints in place for those athletes to experience it. And it's finding the ways that will engage the people and make them want to do it and make them want to learn. And then, as you say, ramp up. Scott, I've got one question for you in terms of, you know, you, you talked about practice, practice what you're not good at. Um, you know, do you, do you see that? Do you see that a lot that people avoid what they're not particularly good at? You, you talked about, you know, people avoid that within races or they, they avoid races with portage in, in, in it. Is that, is that something that you see quite a lot of? Yeah, and, and also people have a natural side that they like to flatten out on, like to get out on, can draw stroke on, you know. Um, it's quite common in racing that people can flatten out only on one side. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible thing to admit, but it is true. And therefore they struggle on certain portages. Um, so, yeah, people avoid races rather than actually learn to do them so um and also you see people who can't flatten out on one side or the other consciously and they can do it subconsciously so yeah it's definitely easier to do it when you're coming into a portage and you have to than than avoiding that portage and never doing it so yeah it's not confront your fears but you have to tackle your weaknesses there's no point practicing your, your good things because you're already good at them practice the weak areas as well and, and portaging is is when you go and watch the races portaging is definitely a lot of people's weaknesses yeah well that Scott, that's just been really useful and you know and I, you know it's, for me it's been really useful and really interesting and i hope the listeners have got some have got some really good sort of insights not only to you but the what you would rate as you know the the five top tips for portaging and you say there's lots of lots of other stuff but also the integration of, of how you would, as a coach, introduce portagen into your coaching plan. Um, I've got one more question for you, Scott, before I, I allow you to go and, and have your evening meal. Um, mm. Is you talk about practice what you're not good at. Yeah. What do you need to practice at? <laughs> he says everything. Um, <laughs> so flexibility. As I get old, I get less and less flexible, so I find it harder to do the big drops. Um, and then um, being able to move after I've run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, run, run, running is quite hard the older you get, I find. Um, so, yeah, keeping that heart rate down when I'm running. Cool. Scott, apologies for the last question, but I thought it was... Uh, it would no, it's fine. Delve into it. Um, Anybody who knows me knows my portaging abilities. <laughs> um, so 
Thanks very much again, Scott. And I, I do hope that you're going to be you know, a regular, a regular person on our podcasts, and, and especially with the with the new role. Um, but really appreciate your time. Thanks very much. Thanks for everyone that listen that's listening to the podcast. And um, I'll speak to you soon, Scott. Take care. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. Remember to review, rate and subscribe. Bye for now.